Ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and doers, seekers of purpose and fulfillment, welcome to Passion on Purpose, the podcast that sets your soul on fire and ignites the spark within you. I'm your host, Steph Hilfer, and I'm beyond thrilled you're here. Passion on Purpose features leaders, experts, and sometimes me on center stage. We put the spotlight on visionaries, entrepreneurs, leaders, experts, and everyday heroes to share their journey of self-discovery, enthusiasm, and unwavering determination. We'll explore how they use their passion and purpose to fuel their brand. Alongside our leaders, we'll provide practical tips, actionable advice, and wisdom from our experts across various fields. So if you're ready to unleash your inner fire, shake off the doubts and insecurities, and pursue a life of purpose with unbridled enthusiasm, then let's dive in. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. And today our leader on center stage is Christine McDaniel. She is the founder and principal of the Magnolia Firm. And I'm so excited that we're going to dive into the topics that we're talking about because you guys know if you're here on the show, you are an entrepreneur, you lead with heart, and you put every ounce of your passion and soul and heart into what it is that you do. And we might not always be thinking about where that's going and what maybe the end looks like for us. And I think that Christine is going to really help us reframe and reshape what it is we're working towards and doing all day long or giving us some cool, you know, exit strategies per se um, when things maybe don't feel as, as you hope they feel or I'll let her dive into it more. But I'm so excited. It's going to be a great topic. Christine, thank you so much for being here. Steph, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yay. Well, we're going to dive in. I don't, I know you don't know exactly the format we're going to roll in. So we're going to lead with our hard hitting question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is your why? Oh my gosh. My why is just to build amazing companies, create jobs, and also just love, you know, I would do this for free. What I do, I would do for free. I get so much fulfillment out of it. The people I work with are magical, our clients, our team. And so, yeah, my why is just kind of just create these companies from the ground up. Our big why, let me actually say this one, as a company um, is to generate over a billion dollars worth of exits for founders, which is, I mean, it's their biggest transaction of their life. And it's usually their biggest achievement of their life is exiting their company. So that's company-wide why that gets us out of bed every day. Yeah. So if business didn't exist, we didn't have this business structure in our world and we all just went about our day every day, what would Christine be doing? I've gotten that question before by an ex-boyfriend. He's <laughs> like, what if you're, if you couldn't do business? And I was, it was the hardest. I mean, it's literally 20 years of my life. It is my, I eat, sleep and breathe business. And it's my favorite sport hobby in the world. What would I do if there's no business? <laughs> I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love travel. I would travel. I love working out. I would work out. I love to dance. I think dance is important and fun and childlike behavior. But yeah, that's a good, that was a good one. Steph, you caught me off guard. (laughs) What, um, so so travel dance, um, you know, this sounds like real freeing to you. Like these are things that just kind of bring some like, like childlike, childlike, uh, personality out of you is what I'm hearing. 
For sure. Freedom is my number one over money. Everybody knows that about me. I, I don't need to make multi-millions. I just need freedom. Freedom to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. Yeah. When did you first realize how important freedom was for you personally? Oh my gosh, probably as a kid. I was a little handful. <laughs> I just wanted to be, you know, to stay out, you know, past when the street lights came on, you know, and just play and do video games. And I was talking in school all the time. So it was on my report card. Chris is not paying attention. Um, yeah, just freedom. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just this like free spirit. Um, I, yeah. and I love, I've traveled the world. I love the feeling of travel. I travel alone a lot. Um, yeah, it just, my, my whole life is just a sense of freedom. And I did work corporate. So let me start there 20 years ago. Um, I've worked corporate it is not free. <laughs> so that I've had the opposite. Yeah. So I love that you said that as a young girl, you were the one who got like talks too much in class on the report card, because I think, especially for women, um, especially for women entrepreneurs, I feel like that's a common theme. Like that's not abnormal. Um, whether you're introverted or extroverted, um, I, I think that tends to show up on a lot of us in some way. Um, how did that feel for you as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> uh, luckily, I mean, my parents weren't, I didn't get in trouble for it. Um, yeah, it was on multiple. It wasn't just on one report card either. Um, <laughs> uh, isn't that funny? It was just like, she's very social, but she's not paying attention. She talks too much in class and to her neighbors. And, um, <laughs> uh, and I am a social person. I love throwing events and I love networking. I'm very obviously extroverted. I still have my down alone time. So there is some balance. This isn't like 24 seven. Um, I do have time to recharge. I'm actually split down the middle, actually. Uh, every test I've taken, I'm actually half and half. Um, so there's introvert, some- Introvert, extrovert. Yeah, so extroverts yeah. need, they get their they get their energy from being around other people. And then introverts kind of need to recharge, you know, by themselves. Um, so I don't know, maybe I should test recently. It's been a while, but yeah. <laughs> so that's, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, I think entrepreneurs, I mean, you've got to be outgoing usually and social and um, it helps. <laughs> Yeah. I think the reason I bring that up is I, you know, for your why to build businesses for others. Um, I wonder like what was young Christine thinking when she's around these people, around other people, because building up businesses is about building up people. And so I wonder if you could tap into or think back. And I know, uh, you know, the show is always, everyone's always on the spot with this show. Um, think back to a time where you felt like you were building other people, maybe before it was around business. I think building, building people was for sure. Um, my first company, cause I was young, I was 23, um, Cleanology. It's a house cleaning company here in San Diego. Started with $300, um, grew to about 35 employees all women. And then my manager, when I sold was, uh, was a man, which was kind of interesting because it was always female all the time, even my managers. But at the end there, it was, it was a male manager and he was great, but yeah, all women. And it was just really, you know, obviously at San Diego, it was mostly Mexican women. They just, they, their families came first. Like that's, that's all they cared is it was make a living. And I cleaned alongside of them. So I was with them in the first year and a half cleaning along with them. Right. Cause I was young and didn't have any money. So I, I had to bootstrap it. But um, it was just really cool to kind of build that team of women, right? And they become super close friends um, and they cared about each other. I mean, you got to back up. This is 2008. 
you know, when the economy just imploded in downtown, the condos we were cleaning, these are a lot of vacation homes and these are a lot of wealthy people and they had to get about their vacation homes and we lost a bunch of clients. Um, then we turn, but as a team, I remember at that time, maybe there's about 20 employees and we stood, I said, Hey guys, I don't want to let a single one of you go. I don't, um, you guys are, you know, like family. I go, is it okay if instead of letting some people go, can we shorten everybody's hours across the board? And they all agreed to it. And I still get chills. Um, it was so cool that they all were like, of course, of course. And I'm, I'm proud to say I didn't lay a single person down, uh, away from that, uh, uh, recession they all stayed and we grew we actually grew 10% it was it was definitely a lot of work but but we we kind of pivoted a little bit because obviously wives went back to work so we could justify you know hey you know you went back to work because you had to uh, it, you know for $10,000 a month salary you can afford to pay you know 300 a month for us to clean your house you know the wives are like oh yeah <laughs> we're paying for that we're gonna go back to work so we grew 10% Wow. And then those women, like, um, you know, even then you, you know, you knew it was important to build them up and to not think of them as just a number and think of them as like this unit. Um, that's why you did that across the board. So what, how, like, I guess I'm just thinking there's a lot of fascination with the fact that a, you sold that business. You're now working in the Magnolia firm, kind of helping people sell businesses. How did you ensure that that passion of yours to continue to build others um, stayed in that business with the sale of it to that gentleman who may or may not share the same why as you? Great question. And then I do want to make a, a, and I've never shared this on a podcast, just another quick point with the, with the culture we, I built, right? With the women and how fun and rewarding. And I just remember this. So on our five-year anniversary, I want to do something really big for the team. And we did a um, dinner cruise here in San Diego Bay. And they got, oh, I feel about this too. I never get to remember this company because it was 20 years ago, such a long time ago. <laughs> I think I don't think back far enough because I've had so many different companies. And, and so many amazing team members through the years, they they dressed up like almost some of them in gowns and they were just so excited. They'd never been on a boat, most of them ever. Like they've never been on a boat in the bay, a pretty boat with a dinner cruise and drinks. And then they got on the bow, I'll never forget it, like Titanic, like, oh, you know, kind of impersonating when you're on the bow of like, you know, being on Titanic from the movie. And they took so many pictures. and. So again, I mean, that, that's a big joy I get, you know, and, and talking about heart-centered businesses. It's not like scrubbing toilets. Like, that's not fun. That's not sexy. Like, that's not going to, you know, get people excited. But, you know, it's just building building this environment of, of where you work and you're close to everybody that works there. So it did. I did exit to um, Paul, and to this day, he still owns the business. Um, so yeah, 13 years now. Wow. Um, and yeah, so he came out of the mortgage industry is his first business he bought. Um, that he kept the team, you know, don't fix what's not broken. Um, you know, they stayed and didn't let people go, you know, obviously they're really close and they wanted to stay. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've not followed up since that, like this far out. So I don't really know. And I don't really know anybody that's still there all these years later. Um, to see if that stayed. I will talk about the wellness spa I started in 2012, sold in 2017, had it for five years, husband and wife bought it. To this day, my manager is still there. That was there, you know, all these years. Um, uh, and I'm still friends with her. So I kind of get the scoop. Uh, I, I go in there every month, still for treatments. 
So the culture is just as strong. And there's, there's friends of mine from the spa that, that the friendships that were built and they don't even work there anymore. Eco Chateau they're like some of them met their best friends there at, mm -hmm. you know, one was in a wedding just this weekend, you know, that they met at the, at the spa. So that's really cool that that, that culture did not change whatsoever with the new owners. And how do you feel like either through that business, the previous business or the Magnolia firm, like how do you establish a culture and how do you ensure that it stays? Oh my gosh, Steph, great question. <laughs> two, two things right off the top of my head. Your initial hires is literally the found, you got to get that right. You got to get the first three to six people, like an amazing culture because everything is going to compound like a culture so contagious, right? And if the person doesn't fit the culture, oh my gosh, the Eco Chateau, they were A, they are A. We grade, you know, there's A players, right? We literally graded them A, A minus, A plus. If there were B, we would work every quarter, me and the managers would work on bringing them to an A. If they were C, they would literally quit within a week. So like mm -hmm. a C does not want to join a very driven, so these these women, again, this was all women, 37 women, okay, <laughs> you know, at the end. Um, nobody wants to join, you know, it, it, a C will just be like, oh my gosh, I just don't even fit in. Like, you know, they're driven, they're excited, they, they're on purpose, you know, they have a passion and they're just like jamming and all of us, and A players love to, to be surrounded with A players. So the found, that's my first tip and trick is that those first three to five people, you got to get them dialed. Cause then if there's bad habits, it's just going to like expand as you, as you expand your team. Second thing that I love is Jim Collins, um, built to sell Jim call that book, put the right people on the right seat in the bus. Okay. If somebody mm -hmm. doesn't like doing financials, please give it to somebody else. <laughs> if they don't like sales, they dread it. Give it to somebody else. Put your people in and for years and years, and you could talk to my current team. I'm like, if they don't like doing something, I'll offload it to someone that does because I just want them excited because it will take longer to do stuff. If you dread it, you just put it off. I don't want to do this myself included. If it's bookkeeping, I'm like, ah, I don't want to do this, put it up, put it up. So yeah. two biggies. Yeah, no, those are huge. I feel like too, before you can really establish, like, I love this, like thinking about your first hires before you can really establish like that they're A, B, C, you know, standards, you have to have like, well, what is, what are we comparing that against? And you said a few keywords, right? Driven, passionate, go-getters. And so for today, you know, as the, the, founder and principal of the Magnolia firm, what are those core values that you are challenging against when you're making hires for the Magnolia firm and or for the businesses you're, you know, choosing to work with? Because I would imagine you run that same kind of brand lens through whether or not you choose to work with somebody. Yes. So I'll start with the team. So integrity above and beyond. That's my personal number one core value. That's the core value of the entire company. Because in this industry, there could be some shady. I mean, we hear the horrific stuff about, you know, how people sell company brokers. I hate calling them. I'm, I'm an advisor. I don't want to use the broker term for myself. Um, but we just hear of it, it just people that are so out of integrity, these brokers, you know, and they're older and they're men. And it's like, you know, it's an industry, it's a very interesting industry for me to be in, right? And just to innovate. So that integrity is huge for us as a team. So making sure that the team members we're bringing on, they're positive, they're optimistic, they have high, high integrity. Um, you know, they're type, you know, they're type A, 
and they're A players and they're hustlers and they're driven and they they like to, you know, and they're great, you know, they can work alongside of everybody else. Uh, for for clients, I am extremely picky, right? It's picky about the team because that's important. You want to hire slow, fire fast. My favorite saying, <laughs> mm -hmm. you, you got to fire fast and people do not. I don't like firing still to this day, but, um, you know, hire slow, take your time. For clients, I mean, I, it, I'm i super picky. Like I want to have fun. It's a stressful transaction. It's a roller coaster. So if there, and I have no a-hole rule that I've had for 20 years, um, if somebody's an a-hole ever to me, a boom out, like <laughs> my staff knows I've fired clients before. Um, it's just not worth, you know, life's too short and it's not fair yeah. to the team. If you have an a-hole client, the teams of, you know, gets them out of shape, you know, they, I don't want my team to deal with that. So, so I usually fix that. Um, but, but yeah, these are clients that I'd hang out with. Like, hey, you know, that's how I kind of choose the clients. Like, they're fun. Again, it's going to be stressful no matter what. But at least, you know, you're riding that that emotional roller coaster of exiting your company, you know, with people that you're getting along with and you've become friends with. So, and we find great buyers. So the buyers even become friends with the sellers, which is really cool. And that's what I'm most proud of, finding amazing buyers. Because this is your baby, right? So yeah. much passion, so much, so much you've put into your company. You want it to succeed. You want, I mean, your clients, your employees, like this is the new owner. Like they have to be a good person and good human. Do you find that the buyers and the sellers have a lot more in common than they maybe even like, do you recognize commonalities between them or do you feel like sometimes like completely different? It's so interesting. Even my own exits are typically somebody uh, like a middle-aged white, man is my avatar to buy my companies it's so in, and these are like spas and cleaning companies you would think it would be another female which is totally fine i don't like i don't discriminate my father raised me so i i work well with men um and then i'm thinking of all my female businesses oh my gosh i'm thinking about all my recent exits that were women business owners um were purchased by like middle age you know like 45 yeah white guys it's so interesting i just realized that um they could again, be because yeah, like we so. don't we could think of men and women as like gender, but we also could think of like masculine and feminine energy. And so typically, um, not always, but I feel like there's a pretty high percentage of successful businesses that are ran by women who run with a masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that could be something that you probably possess, which is why you're all of the businesses you've exited and sold were going to a man. Oh, you're right. And same with the women I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's that energy, right? So, so yeah, that's probably it. And the great people, you know, and it's the transition's easy. It's never been an issue. It's not, my whole team's stayed. It was like, oh my God, a guy's coming in, somebody completely different than Christine's coming in. And again, ex-mortgage broker, ex-corporate. So it's a different, isn't that funny? It's a completely different buyer than who I am, but yeah. Yeah. So your passion, the real why behind what it is you do is to build businesses and build others. Um, how do you intentionally um, lead the business down that path? Gosh, it just kind of gels naturally. I know it's not the best answer, but it just naturally, there's not like a lot of work to it. And I don't know what the secret behind that is of just how it just expands naturally. Um, a culture, like even at Eco Chateau, I wasn't like, we need to create this specific culture. 
like it just like morphed into this beautiful, you know, team culture where they always had each other's back. You know, there were bonuses and commissions involved, but they never, they always like shared. There was never a fight over, you know, who gets the commission. And uh, yeah, I wish I had like a better the answer to that, but it just was so kind of So it just kind of comes innate. Just yeah. kind of comes innate to the things that you work on. Yes. And you probably hire people who align with that innately. And so that's why there's not a lot of like, it doesn't feel like work necessarily because you're doing so much of that upfront hiring those really core people looking through your brand values and your purpose that whether or not you even recognize it before today's call, that is something that you're doing innately to help maintain and drive a specific culture that's clearly stems from you. Yes, I think you're exactly right. <laughs> Yes, what she said. <laughs> yeah, what she said. I like that. I should have wrote it down. That was great. <laughs> well, it turns out this is recorded. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, so with that in mind, you had shared something earlier off air that I find really interesting and that you have a platform for business leaders and entrepreneurs to kind of showcase themselves, which I think is just another testament to you wanting to build businesses and build others. And so tell me about that and what does that look like? You know, is that a part of the Magnolia firm? Is that independent of the Magnolia firm? Tell me more about that. Yeah, it is part of the Magnolia firm. I, um, I'm just, you know, we usually take client, larger clients, right, that are exiting for, you know, multi-millions. But then there were a lot of women that, you know, that are so, either self-employed or they have a small team and, you know, they're stay-at-home moms, which props to that. That warms my heart. My team too, half our team has babies under like one years old, so which is really interesting. And then, you know, they're, you know, cause my team's remote, you know, her son's in the crib next to her. He's on her lap, you know, while we're on Zoom. And I love, love, love that. So props to the women that have kids and running a business because I know how hard, I'm sure I don't have kids, but I'm sure it's super difficult to do both. So, so we'll have, you know, these women that have smaller businesses, so they don't think it's worth anything. Here's a fun fact. All the women that come to me, they always undervalue their business, what they think it's worth. The men overvalue like time and time again, super interesting. And the women are like, and they're down, you know, it's just this lack of confidence, which is unfortunate to see. But a lot of women come to me and they're like, I don't think it's worth anything. You know, one, we just closed two weeks ago. Um, I think I'm just, I'm giving my my graphic design firm to my employee and I just wanted to talk to you about it. And I, she tells me, I'm like, you, I could get you $200,000 cash like that. Like I just knew it and we did. And she just, right. she's in Europe now. So <laughs> having a little vacay. Um, so, you know, I think that's important to know as far as, you know, if you think, you know, whether or not, and reach out, please, anybody can reach out to our team, myself, you know, we can let you know, you know, I can usually do back of the napkin pretty quickly with a couple questions on the phone and just say it's worth something. So mm -hmm. essentially I took that account. I don't take accounts on that small typically, but I just knew, oh, first off, like most people won't take it on. So I'm like, ah, it's a female. <laughs> like I want to take it on. I have the bandwidth and I know it'll sell quickly and it did. But we have this rapid acquisition club inside the Magnolia firm. It was like my pet project earlier this year and it's really taking off. So once a month we highlight anywhere from three to five companies. We bring them on. They do a cute little, you know, slide deck presentation for seven to five, seven to 10 minutes on their company that they want to sell. And again, if it's a solopreneur, you know, that's fine too. Somebody might want to take your spot, right? And, and cash you out. And so we we get to highlight them. And then there's, I call it a friendly shark tank. <laughs> so all oh, the potential yeah. buyers. 
Yeah, all the potential buyers are on a Zoom in the room. You're presenting. They can ask questions in real time. Um, these are paid members, so they're serious about finding a business. Um, usually we charge $2,500 for somebody to present, but happy to waive that for all of your listeners of the podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, just reach out to our team. If it's something, you know, again, if it's a fit or if you, if you want a larger exit and you need our assistance, happy to talk to you about that too. But yeah, rapid acquisition club, it's really fun. So that's once a month. So is that a really good way to kind of, you know, maybe even see if their business is at a point where it's sellable or if it, I mean, cause I love the name. It was, um, oh gosh. I love rapid the name, but I just forgot. Club? Rapid, thank you. That was the word, rapid acquisition. I love that because it's like, it's very clear. And I love the mini shark tank. That's that's awesome. And I wonder too, if um, that would be a good way for you to lay eyes on possible listeners who are at that point and just need, maybe need to get some ideas or know where they're going with, with this. And if it is, I guess what I'm trying to say is if it's even sellable, like, is that a good place to start with you? Well, yeah, for me, it's a conversation on the phone. Okay. Um, and then I can suss that out pretty quickly. Because, yeah, oh, okay. there's some businesses that don't have assets or they're upside down or like, and then I know like we can't present that. You know, we want to present still a strong company, even if it's small, it's totally fine. Um, mm -hmm. It's got some profits. We always want to present companies that have profit. Um, sometimes people are looking for a partner. So if somebody's just kind of burned out and needs to bring a partner on, they come on. Um, not so much raising capital because it's really hard right now. So, so we try not to do that. Some people present and they're like, I'm either looking to sell together, looking for a partner, looking for a capital injection, and that's fine too. We'll bring them on. So nope. yeah, just depending, but I could tell them on the phone. I, you know, and I kind of say, I hate telling people their baby's ugly because <laughs> they might want some insane amount of money and I'm like, oh, this is just not realistic. So that's kind of something I say sometimes. Okay. So a probably a good way, we have two ways to start with you. It would be either just pick up the phone, have a conversation with you, or take advantage of that free $2,500 value rapid acquisition kind of showcase and uh, present your business and see if, you know, share what you're looking for, whether it's to sell or you shared even, you know, a partnership uh, and kind of go from there. So I'm like, yeah, right? And if, if people want to kind of watch as a buyer, just kind of not and not, you know, we'll wave. Like if they want to come in and watch the rapid acquisition club, which is pretty fun, right? To get a vibe of what's going on. Um, you know, we're happy to do that too. Very cool. I love that. Um, okay. We kind of went a little backwards. Usually I have you answer that <laughs> in this two-part question, but I want listeners to kind of listen for like, put your listeners ear, listener ears on listeners um, for who is this for? Like if someone's listening and they're like, well, I don't really know if I fit what Christine's got going on. Who is this for? So that we know if we need to like dive into the show notes and get connected with you. Yeah, I mean, definitely I think a bare, bare minimum would be like $40,000 of net profit. So that's kind of after, you know, whatever your revenue is, all your expenses at the very bottom, and then adding your salary. So whatever you pay yourself, please add that back to the bottom. So at least as long as there's like 40000 worth of profit a year. Um, again, that I think the Rapid Acquisition Club can be a perfect fit. For us to take you on as an actual like listing and client, like full-fledged, um, as a firm, we're looking for about a quarter of a million, like 250000 in net profit. Um, again, adding back all your fun addbacks of like whatever you're running through your business, um, we add so that true back. true profit. Yeah, yes. 
And then US-based, women, men? Great question. So it's all digital-based businesses. So okay. uh, mostly they're US-based, but sometimes they're international. So yeah, digital-based, digital marketing agencies, digital graphic design firm is what we just sold, SaaS, software IT, um, CRM integrators. So anything, anything digital-based. Okay. And then so, okay, so then that actually answered a question that I had an assumption in my mind based off of your past history, but it is digital only. So you aren't working on any brick and mortar. So like salons or anything like that. That's I did not in the very, yeah, I did in the very beginning. Cause again, that's my, I know it so well. And they were some local San Diego companies I wanted to help. Um, but yeah, we shifted. So not brick and mortar, but still reach out. I'm happy to send you to like another amazing advisor that can help. Uh, in, or I do consulting. So some people just bring me on for hourly consulting and then I can show them how to sell their business and try to kind of hold their hand through it if they want to do it on their own. And then I forgot to mention our book, which I'm happy to mail out a copy for free when it comes out, even it'll be on audio, but it'll also be physical copy called Get Acquired. So Ooh. my amazing team member, Lauren, is writing alongside of me. Um, definitely a big project, but it'll be done before the end of the year. And Get Acquired will literally, we can mail it to you. You can sell your business on your, we want to teach people how to sell it on their own, genuinely. Of course, it's a lot of work, but for the little smaller ones where an, you know an advisor can't take you on, um, at least it'll tell you how to do it yourself and you save money. Nice. Awesome. Well, this has been super enlightening. I feel like I threw some curveballs your way and some things you probably hadn't thought about in a long time, and hopefully those were valuable for you because I think you do have a lot of passion and purpose behind what you do, and I think it just comes so innate to you that you maybe even don't see it. Yeah. And stuff. And I mean, I, I, you know, we talked a little bit before we started, I mean, obviously what you're doing, the brand and a brand is not, as you know, it's not just a logo, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the that heart centered, like uh, everything. And people feel that when they see your brand and when they're on your website and what you help people do is massive. Like our, you know, of course we brought an expert even like if you go to our website, it's funny, I'll get on sales calls, sales zooms with, with men and they're just like, oh, is it just women? You know, this was before, because it was all women clients, um, just by chance. Uh, and they're like, we want you to help us too. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. Like, it's not, it's all women. And they're like, I'm like, well, what made you choose me out of that directory of all, you know, all men? I was the only girl, you know, what made you choose me? And they go, well, we trust you. And the only in person, they only saw the directory and they went to my website. So it's like, that's so interesting. They don't know me really yet. But again, I think that essence of the Magnolia firm and the brand and the website, the testimonials, like created this level of trust, like from the first minute, it was pretty interesting. So yeah, branding um, across the board, mission, being heart centered, like really thinking that out. I'm so glad you help people do that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think um, there was a quote, I was just sharing it with somebody else, but there's a quote and it's a very old quote, like at least 20 years old. And the quote goes, um, in the past, jobs were about muscles. Now they're about brains. In the future, they'll be about heart. And I truly believe in what I help people with is, is the now. The future is now. And that is building heart-centric brands and leading with your heart because that is where people are feeling that trust and being able to pick you out of a directory um, versus others who aren't. Maybe they are leading with heart, but they're not showing up in that way. That's what is serving you so well. And, and I, I'm, I'm glad that that's working so beautifully for you. 
What an amazing quote. So it's kind of like the brain, the brain part. It's like AI, but then the heart, like AI is like gonna have a heart. (laughs) Yeah, good call. Good way to bring in AI to that. Because in the past, if you think about 100 years ago, what were we doing? We were building railroads, we were building, you know, structures, right? So it really, truly all business was centered around the muscles, which is why we became such a masculine centric you know, a society, not to get down a political path or anything. But if you think truly about that, it was true. It's very much about muscles. How can we labor through our work? And then for a while, the tech industry came in and it became about brains, right? How can we bring innovation and, and uh, you know, why can't I use real words? This is not uh, education, you know, being smart, intelligence into the into the workforce. And so all of a sudden, labor was, of course, important. But now how do we layer on these smarts? And now we have those. Those things are unlocked. We've got labor on lock. We've got intelligence beyond even our own intelligence. So now what's left is heart. And so, yeah, I love that quote, too. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate we went long, which doesn't surprise me. You had a lot of great things to share. You're doing a lot of great work with the Magnolia firm. So thank you for staying on a little longer with me, listeners and you, Christine. Thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right, guys, until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. I truly hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. So if you did, please rate, review, and share. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, whether a leader or an expert, please go to getvim.com forward slash podcast, and you will find our application page or reach out to me directly and I can give you more information. 